Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Hello, I'm live, I'm mic'd up, I'm sorry about the shambolic audio on the last video that I did when I wasn't mic'd up, I now can see how booming it was and uh, won't make that mistake again. Um, I'm going to talk, got a few questions here to talk about but as ever always happy to field questions on the fly. Um, First, we're going to talk about histology. We've got a lot of people asking what histology is, it's mainly related to when you talk about moles. I've done a blog post about it, which I've just posted today, so feel free to go to the websites, have a look at that. But um, histology is when we look at tissue or what the, something that we remove, tissue that we remove under a microscope. So whenever we're doing any operation where we're removing a part of the body, um, you're always asked, do you want to send it for histology? And histology means when you send it away to the lab and a whole other team of doctors will slice it up and prepare it and look at slithers of it under the microscope to have a look at the cells to see if there's any abnormal cells in there. So you do it when you're worried about having abnormal cells in a piece of tissue. And so the main thing comes when we're doing a mole removal. Obviously, if there's any worry about the mole, then it will have to be sent for histology. The problem comes with moles that have been there forever and you're not worried about them, but you just want to have them removed for um, cosmetic reasons because histology is quite expensive. Now, on the NHS, I would always send moles off for histology, but in the private sector, I talk to patients and say, look, you know, it is good practice to send them off for histology, but if you've had it for years and it looks like a benign mole and there's some features that can make things look benign, benign basically means not cancerous, um, then it may be possible to not remove, uh, not send it off for histology. But that's something we need to talk to you about, which is why we give free consultations, so we can talk to you about that. Um, broadly speaking, if it's a pigmented lesion, if it's a brown mole, those are usually good practice to send those off for histology, just to be sure that they're all fine. But if it's not brown, if it's skin-coloured, uh, if it's like a hairy mole, like an intradermal nevus... Um, oh... Rebecca shared my video. I've got to let you know. I do appreciate it. I'm not sure how I let you know that I appreciate that, but it's telling me I should appreciate that from Rebecca. Thank you very much, Rebecca. I appreciate it. Do I verbally tell you that I appreciate it, or do I physically do anything? Anyway, I'm going to carry on regardless, because I'm a professional. I'm not going to lose my thread. Right, is that you that's done that thumbs up or me? Okay. Anyway, I appreciate it, Rebecca. Um... There you go. I've said it. don't know how to do it. If I can do a thumbs up back, I would, but I'm not sure if I can. Um, so so that's why we have to discuss whether we send the mole away for histology, because it does add to, uh, to the price. Because uh, obviously in the private sector, you have to pay for everything. So uh, uh, I usually talk to patients and say, look, uh, it's been there for years. It looks benign. It doesn't have to be sent for histology. You might want the peace of mind of having it checked under a microscope, which is absolutely fine. But you might say, look, you know what, I'm fine with it. 
So that's what histology is. Uh, and uh, some moles, it's not optional. Some moles, I'd say to you, look, you really need to get it sent off. But often it is optional, um, or at least we can discuss the pros and cons of it, just like anything. Um, so then we've also got some questions about timing with regards to uh, in, um, consultation and procedure. So there is a sort of call minimum calling off period of two weeks, which is uh, sort of a BARPS recommendation that you have to have two weeks between your consultation and your procedure. So you have time to think about things. Um, and then then you have to look at the next date. So the next date might be whenever the next date of, in the diary is, which might be a month or two in advance. I'm not sure where what the angle of the question was. Um, so if, if you're out there and you want to chip in and telling me what your angle was, whether you want it done soon or I don't know if you want to do it soon after your consultation or like you want to come for a consultation and maybe have surgery in the future. So if you want it soon, two weeks is minimum, but then it will be delayed depending on the diary. So it might be maybe a couple of months, which I think is reasonable to give yourself time to think about things. You don't want to rush into it. It's, big, it's a big decision having sort of body contouring surgery. Hey, Dawn, I saw that and I can I can I do anything? Oh, God, delete comment. No, nope, don't want to do that. Anyway, sorry, I, I don't know if I can do a hello. Anyway, sorry. I'll just say hello. Um, so, yeah, the minimum time, two weeks, um, is is a sort of industry sort of thing. And then uh, until the next appointment. But I would say, look, it's a big deal having this sort of surgery. You need to think about things. Often people have researched it to the hilt and they know everything. And so, you know, I understand how they might want it done um, quicker. But if you often people haven't you know researched it so much and haven't seen before and after photos of real people and gone into the ins and outs of it so you really need time to consider it so i would say take as long as you need and that's why um we don't charge for follow-up appointments because i always say to people look come back and have, you know have a think about it come back the longer you leave it the better really once you've decided to have surgery you can't really you know go back but you can decide to have surgery at any time. So the longer you leave it, the better. And if it is going to be a long time, if that's the angle of the question, it's, you know, you're thinking having surgery a long time in the future, then um, you can always come back for another consultation, you know, close to the time and there's no charge for that. So you only pay for the first consultation. So you can do that. But um, if it is definitely going to be in a long time in the future, it might be worth delaying your consultation but sometimes people like to get a consultation in so they've got an idea what they're dealing with if if surgery is realistic and so i understand that so you're more than welcome to come for a consultation we can go over everything and then you might want to say look you know i want it next year or or whatever that's we get that quite a bit people having the surgery a year later or something and that's absolutely fine just you know but you would probably best to come back close to the time to discuss that and that brings me nicely on to the other question which we've had just in after my last booming Facebook live video. So that obviously uh, was good because um, then we've got a question about revision surgery and sort of timing for revision surgery. Uh, and uh, this is uh, someone who's had um, problems. Um, it's not I don't know. It's not my patient. I think she's just um, inquiring for me. Um, because she's lost confidence with the original surgeon, had a lift, I think a lift, was it a lift with implants, and then, or maybe had the implants removed and then had the lift redone. Sorry, I can't remember the actual, the, the actual details of it, but, but essentially it's a lift, bad scarring from the lift, bad shape from the lift. I think it's already had one revision, not got, got the result that um, you want, and I understand that you're keen to have uh, to see someone else 
So, yes, I'd be very happy to see you and we can talk about things. But you only had your surgery in March, so I've, we've been I've done a bit of direct messaging about it. But, um, yeah, I think probably it is best to wait. Uh, and the longer you wait, the better, especially when you're dealing with shape and scarring, because those things settle. And you don't want to keep on having revisions, keep on chasing something that's keep that's continually moving. Um, I normally say things start to settle around three months and they uh, can take six 12, even 18 months. There you go, implant. Uh, I'd like to thumbs that up, but I don't know how to do that, but maybe one day I'll know. But yeah, implant removal and lift. Um, so um, you need to wait to get the best result possible from the from the, your last operation, really. Um, so uh, things won't start to settle to around three months, which is actually about now, isn't it? So maybe things will be starting to settle, but your scars will still be red. So I'd say to you, start massaging your scars with cream. Uh, it's, I've got to say, it's always good to, you know, to, to really try and stay close to your original surgeon. I know you may be looking for other opinions, but um, I'm sure they'll try and get the best result out their last operation that they possibly can. So I would say, you know, do stay close with them because they know what they've done. Um, massage your scars with cream. Things will settle. The shape will settle, will change. And what I normally say to people is that you could leave it as long as possible. It may not change to your satisfaction and you may need a revision but it will change. And so the result will be different in a year's time to how it is now, uh, or in, you know, um, six or eight months time, it will be different to how it is now. And so, you know, that don't make any long-term decisions on how it looks now. And I know it's difficult when you have multiple revisions already. The other thing is revision surgery is difficult because revision surgery is dealing with scars. All we do as plastic surgeons is deal with, is creates, well, any surgeon creates scars. That's all we can do anytime we do anything to anyone we we create scars and 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 uh, often people will come to plastic surgeons for scar revision and there are things we can do to revise scars and to make scars better but we are creating new scars we just got to hope that our scars are better than the other scars um so i think if you've got sort of thickened lumpy scarring um there is a risk that they may get thickened and lumpy again. If there's a reason that they're thickened and lumpy, so if there was delayed healing for the wound first time, then that's a good sign. It might be They might be thickened and lumpy because of the delayed healing um, rather than your body's tendency to form thickened and lumpy scars because some people have a tendency to form thickened, lumpy scarring. You can keep on going. Um, uh, you can keep on going and doing... Um, uh, revisions but and they keep on getting thinking and lumpy and actually it's your body's tendency to form the lumpy scarring rather than the um, 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 rather than it's actually the surgical procedure I'm hoping I can get these comments back yes I can um, so um, yeah thanks Dawn for, for your vote of confidence awesome that yours look good I'm very pleased about that and Rebecca I'm going to read that in a minute uh, and answer your question but this is great getting interaction this is this is uh, this is dream um so so yeah if there's a reason for you think thick and lumpy scars then that that would actually be a good thing so the other thing when you have thick and lumpy scars there are things you can do i mean massage is good um silicone sheets are good a lot of people rate silicone sheets um for um for for all scars or silicone sheets or silicone gel but on the breast sheets are good 
the gel seems to be very popular at the moment. Things like Dermatix Silgel, S-I-L-G-E-L. Um, I think you can buy it in the in the in the pharmacy. Uh, it is quite expensive. For uh, the gel, when the gel first came out, it was really for sort of things like faces and places where the sheets wouldn't, you know, would just fall off. Um, but it seems to have taken hold, and I think and I can understand why because it's a lot easier to put the gel on. But I think the sheets are more effective on areas like the uh, the breast and the abdomen and places where you where they will because they're sort of sticky, so they will hold on. So sil- silicone sheets might be worth looking at um, to try and make the scars as good as they can possibly be. Uh, and let the shape settle as much as it possibly can before considering a revision. If you want to come and see me, you can come and see me any time, uh, but I will probably say to you wait at least a year before your revision, so it might be worth waiting until sort of the end of the year, um, the end of this year, you know, because it was March this year, wasn't it? So, um, or sort of early next year. But uh, as I say, um, if you want to come, I'll see you any time. I only charge for the initial consultation, so we can always talk about what's achievable, and then I'll see you again later on. It's totally up to you. Um, but I'm really sorry to hear you've had so many problems. And, I, and the other thing I say to people is minimize the amount of operations on your breast. You've already had, I don't know, two or three or, or a few operations on your breast. So you've got to minimize the amount of operations on your breast. So, you know, I, I probably will be trying to get you to leave it as long as possible, I think, by um, by what you've said, because you've already had a few operations. I say, look, you know, leave it, if you can even leave it even longer than a year. And it might be that it will get to the stage that it is maybe acceptable to you. Um, because it, you know, it, it gets more and more difficult every time you create scarring on the breast. So you don't want to have too many surgeries to the to the breast if you can help it. Uh, Rebecca, we've got a live question coming in here from Rebecca. Rebecca says, "Hi, Jonathan. I don't know. You can probably read this yourself, can you? Can you tell me a long, a long, a long an operation? Is that how long an operation? I guess would take to remove implants with calcium contraction and do an uplift and would implants be better behind the muscle thanks awesome question Rebecca loving that and if I knew how to do thumbs up I would do it um, I will be I can delete that but I, I no okay so I'm going to thumbs I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to oh god sorry sorry that was oh, there we go <laughs> oh god <laughs> that was a real that was a real time thumbs up which um, clearly I Avoid doing in the future. Anyway, Rebecca, right. Okay. People always want to know how long an operation takes. Uh, does it matter how long an operation takes to you? I mean, I guess, broadly speaking, you know, it matters, but you're asleep for it. But um, but anyway, um, I understand. People outside and things, they want to know how long an operation takes. That's quite a big operation you got there, Rebecca. Uh, uh, removal of implants, capsular contracture, and an uplift. So uh, the removal of implants bit, when, wait, if you're doing capsular contracture and an uplift, then uh, the removal of implants bit sort of is, is, is a small part of it. Um, the main time is going to be coming on the uplift, and that, that's about three hours, uh, Rebecca, is for a, uh, for an up, two and a half, three hours for, for, that, for that operation. Um, probably be a little bit longer if you're having your implants replaced. You don't, uh, oh, you are having your implants replaced, you're saying would be better behind the muscle. Um, so, okay, well, yeah, three hours in that case if you're having your implants replaced. Um, because uh, that is quite a big operation. A breast lift and implants is a big operation uh, because a breast lift tightens the skin and implants tighten the skin. I don't know where you're going with the size, whether you're going up, upsizing, downsizing. Um, but certainly if you're upsizing, you know, you tighten the skin and all that sort of thing. For that reason, a lot of people do uh, lift with implants in two stages, especially if you're upsizing, because upsizing your implants will take up some of that slack skin that the mastopexy would have tightened. And so um, uh, if you're upsizing, it might be worth... You know, would it depending on how much bigger you want to be? You could think about just having uh, the implants first and seeing whether you're happy with it, 
um, and then considering having the lift later. Similarly, if you're downsizing, you could consider having the implants removed and not replaced and just have a mastopexy. And if you're not happy with it at a later date, having, a ma- uh, having the implants put in. Um, but, you know, you can talk about that. That uh, I do do a lift with implants in one operation, but I warn everyone it's got a high complication rate because you're making everything tight with a lift and then you're making everything tight with the implants. So it is something not to be taken lightly. Um, so it would be reasonable to stage it. Some surgeons routinely stage it. Um, so you're looking at three hours of surgery, but I always say to people that uh, there's more to it than just the surgery because you come to the operating uh, theater, you get anesthetized in the anesthetic room, you then get taken into the operating theater, you then get prepped and draped. So we have skin preps and then you drape you. Uh, then we do the operation, which is like uh, the three hour bit. Then we uh, put the dressings on, take the drapes off, uh, wake you up, uh, bring you, you usually wake up in the operating theater where you don't usually remember that. Then we transfer you back to the recovery, which is a ward within the theater complex. And you're in recovery for anywhere between half an hour to an hour just to get you comfortable before you go back to the ward. So if you have got people outside waiting for you, I always say, look, don't panic if you're away for a more, you know, an hour or, or more time, because it may not necessarily mean that the operation's taking all that time. It may just be the, the bits on either side of it. Um, would implants be better behind the muscle? Well, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? A lot of people say that implants are better under the muscle or they're better on top of the muscle. Um, the fact of the matter is we put implants on top of the muscle and under the muscle. So if one was better, well, we wouldn't do it the other way. So if the implants were better under the muscle, then no one would put them on top of the muscle. A lot of literature uh, about implants is from America, and they put implants under the muscle a lot more often in America than we do in the UK. I think that's because for a long time in America they didn't have, uh, they weren't allowed to use silicone implants. They were banned for many years, so they only use saline implants. And saline implants pretty much always have to go under the muscle because you would see rippling and you'll see the edges of them. So um, they do use silicone implants now, but I think it, from what I've read from American uh, surgeons, they seem to uh, do a lot of uh, implants under the muscle, certainly more than we do in the UK. Um, having said that, there, so what I normally say to people is there's good and bad about putting them in front of the muscle, good and bad about putting them under the muscle, and you have to weigh up the pros and cons to which one's best for you. The good thing about putting them under the muscle is it hides the implant because the muscle gives it an extra layer of cover. So if you're very slim, particularly if you can see your rib cage, if you're very slim uh, and you haven't got a great deal of coverage over your, over your breast, if you've not got much breast tissue, then you'd worry that you'd be able to see the edges of the implants, you'd be able to feel the edges of the implants, you might get visible rippling of the implants. And so all those things would mean that you'd want to hide the implant under the muscle. So in those circumstances, yes, the implants are better behind the muscle. But there are more complications with putting implants underneath the muscle. It's more painful when you put the implants underneath the muscle. It bleeds more. There's more risk of a hematoma when you put the implants underneath the muscle. So the recovery is slower. And also, because you're cutting the muscle, it hurts every time you move, and the implants can be held up high by being put under the muscle, and sometimes the implants can be held wide by putting underneath the muscle. Whenever you see that very abnormally wide cleavage, it's pretty much always with implants underneath the muscle. Um, So that's not a good look. So therefore, it's not better if your implants sit high or wide. Now, you're not saying they will sit high or wide. It's just an increased risk when you put them under the muscle. Also, you get something called animation deformity. So if you do a lot of exercise in the gym or what have you, you can get the breast moving when you're moving your arm. 
because the, the breast is sort of, or the implant is underneath the pec major muscle. So every time you move the pec major muscle, the, the breast moves and that can be unsightly. So there are reasons not to put it underneath the muscle. So that in those circumstances, it would be better to put it on top of the muscle. So it all comes down to how much coverage you've got over your chest as to whether the, whether that balance of uh, risks are. So there's bad things about putting it under the muscle uh, and there's bad things about putting it on top of the muscle and there's good things about both. It's just balancing them up. But that is an awesome question, and I'm very pleased to have got that live during my uh, chat. Um, oops. Um, oh, what have I done? Right. Um, have, I think, oh, God, sorry, I'm not sure what's... Okay, just going through my comments here. Um, I think I'm done. Am I have I pinned that? Sorry, I, sorry, I pinned that. Okay. Right, I am now five years and still have quite a lot of numbness around the right side and going around to my back. Is this normal and how long should it take to come back? It feels it feels weird. I'm thinking um I'm gonna guess that's weird. I think that's pretty much uh, I think that's a fair assumption. Uh Dawn, five weeks is nothing. It's nothing. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hi Fritz. <laughs> yeah. Fritz I'm doing the live video. So can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. So f five weeks. Okay, for you. Um, five weeks is nothing. So don't worry about five weeks um, post-op. That's absolutely fine to have that um, funny feelings. Um, so um, yeah, absolutely fine, Dawn. So I wouldn't, wouldn't worry about that at all. And. Um, Please, thank you. Right, um, so five weeks is absolutely fine, and I wouldn't worry about that. That's fine. Everyone gets numbness at five, at five weeks. And uh, the thing I'd say to you is you've had a big op, Dord, and uh, there may be some residual sensory um, issues, uh, but I wouldn't know, we wouldn't know that until about a year post-op, nine to 12 months post-op. A lot of people get this sort of numbness and weird feelings in the first uh, few months, and it often will get better. Um, so, the, uh, again, a bit like the revision thing, I'd say to you it's going to be different at a year. I'm hoping it'll all be fine and it'll all be better, um, but it will be different. But the bottom line is don't worry about it at this stage because uh, it will it will change, and I hope it will get better. It might not. I'm not guaranteeing that it will but, I, but it, will definitely, it will definitely change, and, I, and it usually does actually get better. And a lot of people have problems early on, don't really get any problems late on, and I think that's either because the sensation comes back or people can't get used to the, to the funny feelings and they're not quite so much of a, a problem. So I wouldn't worry too much about that at dawn. But if you are worried, obviously, come on down to the clinic and I'll see you. But um, I'm not worried about that. That's a normal thing, the, the, the numbness, especially with such a big op. Oh, yeah, my son, yeah, thank you. That's good, isn't it, getting him on. I'll have a stern word with him in a minute. Um, oh, you're coming to see me tomorrow, Dawn? Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Right, I think I've got to go and have words with my son. And uh, he's obviously disobeyed my strict instructions not to, not to, um, not to bother me. But there you go. Um, right, so uh, sorry about that. And I am going to... Um, I think we're done. Are we done? Yeah. Uh, I think we're. Oh God, yeah, sorry. I think we're all done, and I'm going to check out and have a lovely evening, everybody. And that's really good. Thanks all. Thanks very much for all the comments uh, t tonight, and uh, do the same thing next week at seven o'clock. Oh, 
actually I'm on holiday I'm on holiday next week um, so I might not do it next week so I'll be even worse than tonight actually so it might be two well, holiday for two weeks anyway I'll let you know when I'm doing it next time um, it might be three weeks time uh, so extravaganza and so many questions there weren't they so uh, yeah it's been really good tonight thank you very much and I'm going to check this one out because I think I'm all done with the questions I'm hoping I am I often see questions afterwards which um, I regret but I don't it's just I don't I've done, I think I've done what I can see here so thank you very much um, hopefully next time I'll be able to thumbs you up in a Facebook style because I, I clearly haven't been able to do that in the, tonight oops I can write a comment okay uh, and I'm going to check out thanks a lot good night bye have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ we'd love to hear from you